Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Hello. another episode of... Another episode of Friends with Friends. Um, I'm Susie Rhubarb, and here's Cassandra Tuppence. You didn't plan them this week, did you? No. Uh, but Susie Rhubarb came to mind quite quickly. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Susie Rhubarb sounds like a sort of 1940s uh, entertainer. Yeah. So you're on the on stage of the Windmill Club in London or something like that, you know? Or a kid's character. Or a kid's character, yes. Cassandra Tuppence sounds like the sort of name you would think up on the spot when you were panicking. Yeah. Um, tuppence <laughs> is a good word, isn't it? Tuppence is a good word. Sadly underused these days, even though we do still technically have tuppence. What, two pence? Yeah, nobody ever says a 2 piece. Why don't we just still call that tuppence? I don't understand. Doesn't tuppence have a secondary meaning in oh. slang? Does it? Don't people sit, sit, oh. Come on then, I'm going to look at it. Tuppence. Uh, yes. I didn't know that though. <laughs> is that what you think it is? Is is, is, it, is, it, is this an alternative word for the start of the Latvian Eurovision Song Contest entry? Uh, yes, that could be said, yeah. Yes. That makes no sense to anyone out of context. But Oh no, um, it doesn't actually, no. If you haven't heard the Latvian Eurovision contest, Song Contest entry. Ooh. It's worth a listen. It's mad. Um, tuppence, a polite way of naming a woman's privates. According there it to is. Urban Dictionary. There it is. Uh, here's the, con- the set, you know, they always put it in context. They have like a sentence to put it in context. Yeah, a man has it? a winkle and a woman has a tuppence. <laughs> Good. Um, well, this podcast feels doomed from the start, doesn't it? Absolutely but, uh, doomed. Yeah. No there mind. we That's- go. Absolutely crack on. Uh, there was a message I wanted to read, actually, Peter, uh, before we crack on with uh, the rest of the show, if you don't mind. Okay. Hey, Peter and Dave, spelt H-E-J, which will become clear. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Hey, 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 hey. Last week, you read out my daughter Elle's request, the one with the nap partners. It was the best Off of start. Sweden? Yes, hence hey, 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 hey. 
It was the best start to our day. We were indeed in our car driving to work through the forests of northern Sweden. When we first discovered your brilliant podcast a little over a year ago, we binge listened to the entire back catalogue, so had a different episode of Fwuff to listen to every day. Thank you nice. for having such a wonderfully lovely, warm and kind pod. It's a bit of audio sunshine every time we listen. That's so nice. These are the bits I shouldn't Why really need are you describing it as warm and kind after we've just spent two minutes talking about a tuppence? <laughs> Uh, as we say in Sweden, Tusentak. That's from Selena, that Elle's mum. Uh, and she's also sent a video, a typical view of our, of our drive to work. And it is just them driving down the road with some wildlife literally walking across the road. Are they mooses? No, they're not. I don't know what they are, actually, Pete. What's else? the plural of moose? Isn't I think it's moose. moose. Like I think sheep. it is moose, yeah. But mooses doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't, does it? Um, so yes, there you go. Tuesday and tack to you. Should we find out what that means? Thank you very much. Tuesday and tack meaning tack a, th- is a, thank you. a thousand thanks. Yes, we know yeah. tack is thank you, don't we, Peter, from uh, Scandi Noir dramas. Request? <laughs> yes, request. Yes, correct. I was like, where, does the, where do we go from here? I've messed with the format and it's all gone wrong. Um, ahoy, fellow friends. This is now just the start of an episode where we just keep reading out praise, so I do apologise for that. But... It's important to document the requests. I love the podcast. I started listening in lockdown after a recommendation. And then when I got back to the early episodes with the guests, I thought, who are these people interrupting Dave and Pete? Do you know what, Fran? I'll tell you who they are. They are much more successful people than us, mostly. Yeah, but we also <laughs> shared that view, so we'd bend them off. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing our thunder. Trying exactly. to talk about friends when we want to talk about friends. Get rid of those guys. Absolute shambles. Uh, B, my request is the one with the tea leaves, because I can't wait for you to devour the crazy behaviour by both Rachel and Ross. And the examples Fran's given. One, who would hide behind a sofa while their ex makes out with someone? Like, where is that leading? Oh my God, so much to say about that. And also, Rachel seems to have had a lobotomy. If selling her baby is all she can think of. Thank you so much, Fran. P.S. Colour Winterberry. <laughs> nice which is very funny uh a good line actually in the in the episode um yes ran you have you have stirred the uh rumblings of the thoughts i'm sure we will be having over the next half an hour or so so where would you like to start pete would it be with a synopsis yes do that but first see i'm just reading a lot of chunks of text at the moment aren't i which is anyone a fan of me reading things out is probably going to enjoy the first Sort of five, six minutes of this podcast. Otherwise, apologies. The one with the tea leaves. Season 8, episode 17, 227417. Mm, nah, don't like ending in a 7. Phoebe determines through tea leaves she will soon meet the man of her dreams, which leads to a disastrous date with a disturbing man, then a pleasant meeting with a charming one at the dry cleaners. Yeah, that's a, probably a fair way of putting it for the time being. That's all we know so far, isn't it? Uh, Rachel invents a crazy work problem, meanwhile, to reduce the awkwardness of hanging out with Joey since his confession about his feelings for her, and Ross tries to retrieve his faded salmon shirt from Mona's apartment. Guest starring Alec Baldwin as Parker. Note on this, actually, Pete, there's a note on the synopsis. In spite of the 9-11 attacks having occurred the prior September, a brief shot of the Twin Towers is visible approximately six minutes into the episode. That is actually quite interesting because this went out in March, so they had a lot of time to um, sort of re-edit those bits, didn't they? Fun fact. 
Yeah, it's not fun, but it is a fact. That's what I'd say. And what are we here for, Pete? Fun? Absolutely not. Fact. Pure facts? Pure Absolutely. dry facts. Dry facts. So we'll now read a series of facts out for the rest of the episode. Courtney Cox plays the character Monica. Jennifer Aniston. I thought you were going to interrupt me, but I just um, started. I think, I, think we should, I think we should leave that there. Uh, which of the three? Well, do you know what? I've, I think we should start with the secret fourth plot line, which I noted and have one sentence on, which is Monica and Chandler's CDs. Yeah. Um, I do love Rachel's, oh my God, you guys, at how banal Chandler and Monica's chat is when they're talking about <laughs> yeah. organising these. It is kind of a, a real um focal point of the, the the sort of level their relationship's gone to hasn't it and you know we always talk about how monica and chandler just got a bit boring after they got together and they are literally just sorting through cd cases that's that is all although chandler and monica's main contribution to this episode i think is uh the initial ring toss joke about chandler and the bagel <sighs> i mean i think there's a lot of there's a lot to pick apart with the ring toss bagel thing, right? I don't so, think you could fit a flaccid penis through a bagel hole. <laughs> it wouldn't be flaccid, though, right? Yeah. Well, I don't think you could fit either state of a. <laughs> no, I don't. I agree. Actually, I appreciate they're not they're not binary conditions of a of a of a penis, but <laughs> of a I, winkle. Sorry, I, a winkle. Uh, but I don't think you could fit either recognised state of a winkle through a bagel <laughs> no I don't I, I, but it would it would have to not be flaccid for it even to stand a chance but like Joey points out it is a pretty small we know what you could do Dave uh, you could thumb it in can you <laughs> like a flump through a keyhole <laughs> Oh, why is that your catchphrase? That's we'll not my, that is your, not my... I thumb don't it have, is in your is catchphrase. Not, I don't want... You're, no, I you're the one that always says thumb it in. Always. I've said it like twice in my life. Yeah, and always to the bloody people that listen to this podcast. You just keep it to yourself if you want to thumb it in, all right? Do, I'm uh, going to leave by, my... your own kitchen with your own bagel. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but more than the sort of logistics of the bagel, it's a really weird assumption by Rachel because she just she's noticed the bagels there because Joey was eating it right yeah and so they're trying to cover up the fact that Joey was there and they say we were playing a game and she immediately jumps to Chandler being trouserless the thing that made me laugh out loud at this bit is when Rachel says like oh no is it some sort of ring toss situation and Monica goes (laughs) sure (laughs) like she's she's trying to laugh it off and Chandler's horrified reaction to that is great as well it's really funny that's the problem. It gives them away more than anything to just agree with everything Rachel says when it's mad. They could just go, no, no, no. We were just doing something else. You know, they could have... Although, to be fair, in this episode, it, I would surmise that the characters aren't good at thinking of things on the spot. Yeah, that that is very apparent. If Rachel's sort of ability is anything to go by, then Monica Chandler would have struggled to, to come up with another bagel, an alternate bagel game on the spot. If, if you had to do it now, Pete... Uh, what's that bagel for? What game? Um, we're playing hoopla with it. On a dick? 
not on a dick, don't be ridiculous. On that is actually mad, though, isn't it? That I that anyone would ever assume that. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's a very hard game. It is a very hard game, and also, hoop, like, let's not talk about this forever. But if you're doing a hoopla, the like, channel would have to be laid down. Is what I would say. And if you've only got one bagel to play with, then you'll keep having to go and get retrieve the bagel after you've thrown it. Like yeah. with hoopla or ring toss, don't you have multiple? <laughs> I feel like we may be overthinking it, but that is what we're here to do. That is literally our thing. So anyway, back to Monica and Chandler's CDs. Is it they're all in the wrong cases, Pete? That's it. That's the that's the premise of the storyline. They're all in the wrong cases. Ah, oh, I'm sorry. And Chandler has two Annie CDs. And I would like to say that every time I do hear the song tomorrow from Annie, which is remarkably often actually, I always sing the first line in my head and often out loud the way Chandler sings it. So that has brought something into my life. Oh, least. there you go. There'll be sun. Okay, uh, where do you want to start? Properly. Tea leaves, Joey and Rachel and the baby, or the faded salmon shirt? Uh, I, I feel like there's not that much to say about tea leaves. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... But my first thought was I wouldn't have thought Central Perk was the sort of establishment that would sell loose leaf tea. No. Even even over here where we do tea properly, like you have to go to a either a bougie cafe or a fancy hotel, right? Uh, it's just a bit faffy, isn't it? It's so fucking faffy, mate. It's absolutely not worth the faff. Um, and for Phoebe, even more faff because famously tea tends to give her the trots. Yeah, that's a, an interesting detail we learn, isn't it? Great use of uh, the expression, the trots, by the way. It's not you don't hear you, the trots you, very often, do you? don't often, hear do you? the trots much, do you? <laughs> Is that a very American thing, or do we say the trots just not very often? Here? It feels a bit sort of oldie English. Yeah. Should we look up the don't Google? No, don't Google the no, trots. Okay. No, don't don't do that. Don't want to accidentally click on Google Images, do I? No. So yeah, no, like fair, fair play to Central Perk. It's it's a much more classy establishment that I would give it credit for. Especially if you've seen all the, you know, if you see on TikTok and Instagram quite often, the way Americans make tea is more often than not dreadful. Like you'd see people making tea in a microwave. I never know if it's a joke or not. Do you know what's incredibly boring is conversations about how people like their tea. Like, oh, how do you have yours? Oh, you put the milk in for like, who, who fucking cares? It makes no fucking difference either way, does it? No. Wet and warm, Pete. That's all you need. Yeah, exactly. Is it hot? Has it got a tea bag in it? Yeah, exactly. They are the two main ingredients, aren't they? Well, it's surprisingly few people in in America that seem to have electric kettles, so they have to make tea in bizarre ways, like warming water up on a hob or using a microwave. It's really, it's really peculiar. I think you, I do think having just said it's boring conversation. Um, I think you're doing something wrong if you involve a microwave in your tea creation. Oh, absolutely. We absolutely, absolutely disgusting right now. You know, the sort of stewing nature of the tea bag, you know? A nuked cup of tea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, so Phoebe starts to read the tea leaves. A ladder means promotion or a violent death. So, implying she'll fall off a ladder, Monica? 
Mm, yeah, maybe. Uh, a circle is having a baby or scientific discovery. That's a funny line from Rachel. I have been spending a lot of time in the lab recently. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, and Phoebe's going to meet a nice guy. The interesting thing about the predictions, actually, is that they all do come true eventually, just not in this episode, in the sense that Phoebe will meet Mike fairly soon. And Monica gets that new job at, at Javu, the food here at Javu. You know, she gets like a, yeah. we'd call that a promotion, I guess, like a fancy restaurant that she gets really excited about moving to. And Rachel does indeed have a baby. So maybe we shouldn't be snobby about Phoebe's tea leave reading skills. But you know what would have been good? Is if at the end of this episode, the person she bumped into in the uh, laundry place, laundrette, Mike. Oh, if it had been Mike? Yeah, because I feel like it would be quite nice narratively for Phoebe to meet someone in a way that she sort of believed that she might meet someone. Like, that would be a very Phoebe, Phoebe Phoebe-y-y-y-y plot. No, I totally agree, actually. It's sort of strange, isn't it, that they they waste it on on a one-episode character, Parker. But I do think um, that... One thing that Phoebe does very well in this episode is when she goes on the date with the dreadful person who she has high hopes for, um, yeah. and he turns out to just be sort of pervy and a bit inappropriate and sex-obsessed, um, yeah. I think she handles it very well by very fairly warning him that he's, I think in her words, coming on a little strong. And yeah. then he just does the same thing again. But I think fair play Phoebe handles it well. Yeah, and it's a mad thing to handle, isn't it? Because he, because he, well, I've got some questions actually for you specifically, Pete. Why because me? Chandler turns around and goes, Oh, he's so fit or something, so fresh and juicy. I can't remember what he says exactly. What does he say? Uh, no, I think that's what he says. Uh, is that man attractive? Because I, I don't see it. Uh, no, I don't see it either. I, I'm not, this will break your heart, Dave, but I'm not usually partial to a man with long hair. Are you not? Sorry, that was a weird way of kicking you unnecessarily, wasn't it? But um, Yeah, what a weird way to kick me when I'm down. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that is, that, well, that's probably why this podcast works so well, Pete. There's no sexual free son that we have to, you know, offices, there's always problems with people sleeping with each other. And yet we can just plow on because you think men with long hair are goes. That's fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> where were we? Sorry. So you don't like a long-haired man. That's fine. Okay. But even putting that aside, he goes from being like fairly suave and seemingly quite charming and witty to a complete creep in the space of about 15 seconds. Yeah. And also, if it's the first conversation Phoebe's had with this guy when they bump into each other at the, that sort of magazine stand, yeah. um, she's just like immediately up for a date, isn't she? She's like... Two lines into a conversation, she's like, yeah, fine. Yeah, and that happens with Parker as well. Parker's, like, conversion from picking up a scarf she's dropped to let's go on a date now immediately is is something like less than 30 seconds. Like, That's it's true. And I think this goes, we've talked about American dating culture before, and it is definitely different to ours, although ours is sort of changing a little bit more to be more American. But that idea that you're just like, hey, you're fit, want to go for a coffee immediately, I don't think that'd have, that, that wouldn't really happen here, would it? Yeah. Why would anyone, though, ever say those breasts, mm, ever? No, yeah, never that mind, noise like, you make. On a first date, yeah. I can't even recreate the noise, really. It's like, mm, it's like really, mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I don't just, even like making that noise. Yeah, no, and, and you shouldn't. Let's, let's never make it again on the podcast. Um, but he is just, he goes intensely creepy. It's not just that he says a few little weird things. He goes from, like, um, her being quite interested 
to because that line when they're at the newspaper stand and he sort of says, "Oh, maybe we'll be seeing each other at dinner tonight." That's you know, good little line. It's nice. It's a nice little chat up, isn't it? You're very easily pleased, aren't you? Seemed quite normal. Well, no, you know, I like a man with long hair. What can I say? <laughs> oh, by uh, the way, I this is an incredibly disturbing line, but I find it really funny. Um, I write erotic novels for children. <laughs> It's, it, it's that and the follow-up line of they're wildly unpopular it's yeah. so <laughs> yeah. funny it's so disturbing but it's so funny i agree that i think that's his best moment in the whole episode yeah he's quite a good uh little one episode character in fairness incredibly inappropriate uh character and dreadful person but performed yeah. very well yeah good entertainment isn't it good entertainment for the neutrals absolutely um, she decides she has to avoid everywhere she's seen him afterwards, though. Curiously, though, not the place she sees him in this episode, which is Central Perk. Yeah, she true. changes so much of her life, the the adult bookstore, the grocery store, she like the dry cleaner. She seems to change her entire routine, but never at once thinks seems to think, oh, he goes to Central Perk. Maybe we shouldn't go there anymore. Maybe she sees that as her territory. But yeah, but that's that's it. She meets Parker. We know what happens with Parker in the next episode. And in fact, we've covered that episode, haven't we, Peter? So ah, we should be recently. talking about it again. Did we talk? Did we talk about the fact that Alec Baldwin's a continuity error in Friends when we did that one? I can't remember. I feel in like we mentioned that, that recently. Relatives. In the same way, yeah, same way as Bruce. Yeah, but he is. He's referred to, isn't he? Previously, Alec Baldwin, and so anyway. But you know, it's, it's not our job to worry about those things. There's many, many of those in Friends, especially towards towards the end. When let's face it, they're trotting out the guest stars at a rate of knots. Yeah, they got the trots. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So let's go back to Joey and Rachel, shall we? Yes, but actually quite a fun Joey and Rachel plot. Yeah, well, from the, it goes as a roller coaster, isn't it? Because it's real uh, awkward at the start and really uncomfortable. It's like a level of awkward that is almost implausible you know like if you're in that sort of position with somebody the idea you wouldn't just make some small talk you would just sit there and look at them and not say anything is kind of mad actually isn't it the really nice thing about a couple of moments in this plot is that the audience reacts in a way that makes it feel live like when right. um rachel exclaims about them her boss wanting to buy her baby the audience kind of share joey's reaction of like what the fuck um yeah. <laughs> and i really like the way that they react there and there's also a really nice natural 
um, audience laughing moment and Rachel pausing like in a play for the audience's yeah. laugh to kind of die down. When, um, when Joey says something like, oh, I thought you were going to say something about maternity leave. And she says, oh, yeah. yeah. And then there's a long pause before the laugh dies down. And she says, that would have been a much simpler problem. Um, yeah. It, it kind of feels like the audience is like properly kind of dictating the pace of the performance of it. And it's really nice. It feels like a, it feels like a live show. No, definitely. There's also the, the way they react when uh, I think Rachel goes into Mr. Zellner's office for the sort of HR meeting, you know? Yeah. And, and when she first walks in, the audience goes, oh, like they really, there's like a real like tension there, you know, like a real like, uh-oh, it's all going wrong. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you're totally right. I noticed that. It's a slightly different way that the audience usually reacts in Friends, which can almost sort of fade into the background and seem like just part of the, the white noise, can't it? Well, it's like when you're watching, like if you watch a play and someone says a funny line and the audience laughs a lot, then obviously there's quite an unnatural pause in the performer's character's yeah. conversation until there's kind of like a breath for them to say their next bit. And you don't normally get that very often in sitcoms, but it's really kind of tangible here. It's nice. Yeah, no, definitely. No, I totally agree. Um, so we get from the sort of real awkwardness to, again, Joey being quite a good friend and snapping out of his quite clearly deeply held emotional problems to sort of fight a corner for his friend. Although what I would say is not that cool a move to just go straight into her work and tell her boss off, is it? Not without her knowing about it, no. No. <laughs> I mean, some would say she's landed herself in this fucking insane situation, uh, but there's a oh, lot of Oh, it's very like, self-inflicted, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as Fran points out, it's implausible that that would be the first thing you ever think, you know, like, it could, you, you could, I reckon I think of 500 things before I thought of my boss wants to buy my baby as the on-the-spot improv work problem, you know? Uh, and to be fair, half is Monica's fault because she strong-armed Rachel into making it up. There's a really unnatural line when Monica goes, and it's supposed to be unnatural, but Monica goes, oh, I don't know what to tell you, Rachel. Why don't you ask Joey about your big work problem and really sets her up for huge failure, let's be honest. Um, but to be fair, actually all works out in the end, doesn't it? Because Rachel gets more maternity leave than she would have got previously. Exactly. Joey's done her a favour. He has done her a favour. Uh, and as in Friends, it all works out nicely in the end. So well done, everyone. We can all go home happy. And to finish this episode, Pete, probably one of the thinnest ever one-line pitches for a storyline in Friends, Ross can't find his shirt. Yeah, um, and he's also unable to describe his clothing as pink, and Chandler then jokes about it being from a woman's shop. Yeah, there's which quite a few. Quite tiring. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you go, if we're in season eight now, lads, what's the... And, and it's the same with Mona's date as well. Yeah, he also makes the same kind of shirt. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's a man's shirt, but it's pink. It's like, yeah, pink is a colour that, oh, it's it's... it's it's lazy joke making, isn't it? It's an, it's frustrating because it's lazy. Yeah. Um, I do um, love the reveal that Mona asked Ross to jump up his own ass and die. <laughs> like, <laughs> given how he treated her and continues to treat her in this episode, kind of justified. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as Fran pointed out in her request, Ross's behaviour in this is absolutely wild. I mean, he literally First, breaks into her apartment. Yeah, he firstly breaks in. Like, at this stage, you're thinking... I mean, considering Ross is clearly willy-nilly happy to order shirts, because he's doing it at the end, brackets Winterberry, um, just buy a new shirt, Ross. 
He's like, it's yeah. my favourite shirt. Honestly, how much does that shirt cost? 50 bucks? Uh, Ross can afford it. Get a new shirt and don't... Because before he breaks into her apartment, he's gone round with the sole purpose of talking to her to get the shirt back, even though she clearly fucking hates him. Although, does, in the end, talk to him about getting back together or, like, the special memories, can she mm. keep the shirt? And you just think, Mona, babe, like, you, you really are better than this. Yeah, that is classic friends at the end when she goes back round to his rather than, in real life, sending him a text going... What's going on? Yeah. That was weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like literally going across town to knock on his door. But yeah, Ross um, Ross is going to talk to her, then he breaks into the apartment, and then we just get the whole farce of like quite a tall man lying in quite a small apartment on the floor and nobody ever noticing him. <laughs> quite sort of pantomime and slapstick, isn't it? Yeah, even when you take out the sort of the element of like, oh, she might not have just saw him because it's a TV sitcom. Like when she goes to get that shirt from the closet, his entire body is just lying behind the sofa. <laughs> yeah. Like she definitely would have seen him. Also, as Fran says, what was his end game in just sitting patiently reading a magazine? If they were going to go to the bedroom, for example, they'd literally have to walk over him. So again, there's no way out once they move. If they weren't going to the bedroom, Pete, and they were just going to bang on the sofa, who's listening to their ex just have sex and reading a magazine whilst lying on the... Like, what is happening there? In um, in a real life... I'm just... Like, imagine your Mona, or to be fair, her date in this situation... And you're making out and then you suddenly realise that someone you used to date has been hiding in your apartment. Like, the, the, <laughs> she's, even, even though she is angry, she's mm. remarkably more composed than I think I'd ever be able to be. Yeah, the reaction does not justify the, uh, the action, does it? Your ex breaking into your flat and then finding them there is fucking mental. <laughs> you'd be nothing less than apoplectic with rage. You'd be like, what the actual fuck are you doing here? Like, yeah. what is happening? How can you possibly think this was ever a, a thing you should have done? You know? And then, ironically, given it's part of their storyline, you'd change your locks. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, it's not a great hiding place for her key anyway, is it, to be fair? Like, anyone could really break in if they just see her pick it up once every now and again in the, in the hallway. Mm, true. Um, and then Ross is ending up buying some new shirts and he's buying them from the magazine he found at Mona's. So he clearly took the magazine with him. And in a shout back to, I was going to say 90s technology, but this is early 2000s now, placing an order for a shirt on the telephone. Yes, do you know what it reminded me of? When my parents used to order things from Cotton Traders. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember oh, Cotton, Cotton Traders? Traders? Very of yeah, its time. Yeah, do you remember Cotton Traders? Very of its time, but it was big at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, and then, so Ross gets his shirt back and there is, that, that is a really nice actual final single line to the whole episode when Mona goes, can I take this just to remember you by? And Ross sort of, the way David Schwimmer sort of sighs and goes, as if he's going to say yes. And it's just, no, yeah. <laughs> it's a really nice, is a really nice payoff to that. It's a very thing. Ross dickhead move. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. But Although after to be all fair, that, if someone said to me, after I'd broken up with them, or after we'd broken up, can I keep your shirt to remember you by? I'd be like, I'm not dead. So Yeah, and also, that's mad. Don't, don't Take all the stuff from my apartment. Don't add stuff to it. Don't bring new old stuff back into your own apartment for to remind you of the ex, you know? Hmm. Poor old Mona's new date. Whose shirt is that? Oh, it's just my ex's. I kept it to remember him by. Okay. <laughs> She's cleaning out over this. Let's Let's get out of here. 
Uh, I'm not great at the advice. Can I interest you in a sarcastic comment? I do love it when Chandler offers Rachel cheese to some cheese. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's some cheese on the end of that line. While really holding makes out it. some cheese is great. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've used most um, of my uh, favourite lines, but the other one I like is uh, when Mona asks Ross what he's doing, and he says, "Not touching myself." If this makes yeah. anyone else less com- uncomfortable. Uh, Phoebe's talking to Monica and Monica says if I can find a nice the perfect guy talking to you and Phoebe's <laughs> reply of yes we both can and we both will is yeah. really the, the, the constant undermining of Chandler as a, as a valid life partner from the rest of them is very funny especially from Phoebe and then actually the other one that really made me laugh was another Chandler uh, Ralph Lawrence really going out of their way to show they're not in the baby bank business yeah. <laughs> really made me chuckle right would you like a quiz I would like a quiz, Peter. Have you got the quiz there, have you? Who does the quiz come Oh, the quiz comes from Melissa slash... Amy, sorry. Uh, now Amy, yeah. Yeah. Um, she says that she's 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 based in Exeter. Oh, shout out to Exeter. Oh, no, hang on. She's from Ireland, but based in Exeter, because yes. we said we wanted to know where people would get in touch with us. Yes, that's right, yes. Um, so put that in the spreadsheet, Dave. Uh, okay, uh, the husband David also helped to put this quiz together, so we must give him a shout out. So Melissa and David, sorry, Amy and Amy, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, question one: Where yeah. does Monica jokingly pretend to look for Joey? Oh, in the sugar bowl. Oh, in the sugar pot. Yeah, yeah, sugar bowl. Yeah, that is that is quite a nice little pantomime bit at the start, isn't it? Uh, question two: When Mister Zellner meets with Rachel, who is he asked to be a witness in their conversation? Oh, it's from someone from HR, but I don't know who. Do we need the name? Uh, yes, we do, which we haven't provided, so this is wrong. Lee from Human Resources. Uh, yeah, fair, fair, fair. Uh, oh, a bonus point of grabs here, Dave. Oh, lovely. We love a bonus point. Uh, Chandler has put CDs in the wrong cases. Which CDs are in which cases that are specified? And a bonus point... <sighs> How many CDs are in the wrong cases? That is hard. Well, bonus point, isn't it all? Um, oh, there's like 200 and they're all in the wrong case, right? Yeah, well, you've got the bonus point before you've named the other bit. So, yes. Well, so, I think Bruce... Sp- James Taylor gets a mention. Yes, Bruce Springsteen is in... I want to say Cat Stevens, and Cat Stevens is in James Taylor. Weird human centipede. Um, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> that, is, that is correct. Hello. Well done. No, you did well there. Uh, question four. I think you've referenced this already. What does Phoebe see in Monica and Rachel's tea leaves and what do they mean? Yeah, Monica was a ladder, so death or promotion or violent death, sorry. And Rachel's, uh, oh, what was the thing though? It's having a baby or I making a scientific remember. discovery. What was the actual symbol? I can't remember now. Uh, I did write it, it down. It was a circle. Look in my notes. I don't want to cheat. Yes, it was a circle, wasn't it? Yeah. Fuck. Um, so we don't get that point because half points are. For words. Exactly. And finally, oh no, hang on, there's another bonus. Goodness me, so generous. Uh, mm. Question five. Phoebe lists a number of places that she and Jim Nelson go to or share. Name at least three, but a bonus point if you can get them all. There are at least six, potentially seven, depending on interpretation. Seven! Okay, so I remember dry cleaners, adult bookstore, uh, grocery store. That's three, yeah. Is that all we needed? Uh, it is. And then the extra ones. Yeah, are I'm not going to get the other ones. 
bookstore and or adult bookstore. Uh, same bus, same dry bus. cleaners, same grocery store, same bank, same video store. Video store. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of places she goes to. God, Phoebe's a busy bee, isn't she? An extra bonus point, Dave, if you can specify the name of Phoebe's new dry cleaners. Absolutely cannot. Not a chance in I actually can. Can you? Because I re- recognised it's the name of a street and it says uh, it's Bleecker Street. Uh, and I remember clocking that because I thought in my head, isn't Bleecker Street in a different city? And then I lost interest. It's, it's very much in New York. So it's yeah. Bleecker Street. Oh, fair. Okay, good news. Uh, that concludes the quiz. That concludes the quiz and almost concludes the episode, but we should just give a nod to Mike Haggerty, who died this week, um, who's one of the greatest characters in Friends and has so many good moments as Mr. Trigger. Uh, very sad news, wasn't it, Pete? Of course. Yeah, no, we uh, we put a little something on Instagram, but uh, yeah, very sad news about him. Very sad. So go and watch all your favourite Trigger moments, which I think mine, I think my favourite ever Trigger line is, and I can't remember which way around it is, someone will tell me when I get it wrong, but when he knocks on the door and goes, hey, Chick, is the duck here? Or, yeah. Or, hey, duck, good. is Chick here? I can't remember. Ah, oh, it's going to annoy me. And obviously there's that iconic... Uh, the, ball, the, dancing. the ballroom dancing, right? How, it's just such a good scene, that whole thing. I can Every time I hear that song, that Frank Sinatra song, I think it is. Night and Day. Night and Day, yeah. Oh, that's all I think of. And that is pretty impressive, isn't it? And would you like to know what next week's episode is? Is it the one with the ballroom dancing? It's not. No, that would have been uh, nice. It is instead the one with the wedding dresses, which is season four, episode 20. Uh, season four, episode twenty. Is Trigger in that one? Twenty. Did I say twenty? Uh, one with all the red dresses. Yes. Next week on Friends with Friends, which is the podcast you're currently listening to. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>